Hey everyone, welcome back to a new video. Before I begin on the stories, I just wanted to mention, if you have your own personal scary story that you would like to send me for me to possibly narrate here on the channel, you can do so by sending it to southerncannibal.com. So if you have a personal true scary story that you'd like to share, please consider sending it my way. Now that all that's out of the way, let's begin. My friend and I were camping a few hours away from our hometown. We had set up camp and pitched our tent right around the time the sun was beginning to go down. We decided to have a campfire and roast some s'mores on hot dogs. As the fire started to die down, we saw what looked like the shadow of a tall skinny man. We just shook it off, thinking it was just some trees, and then doused the fire so we could go to sleep. As we zipped the tent and got ready for bed, we thought that we heard breathing just outside of our tent. To reassure ourselves, we told ourselves that it was just the wind and we went to bed. My friend woke me up and frantically whispered to me about how she turned on a flashlight to find her water bottle and that she saw the shadow of a tall skinny man outside of our tent. I pulled out my phone and I called my mom to come get us as we were way too afraid to get out of the tent alone. Although we were a couple of hours away, she said that she would find someone to come get us. While on the call with her, we then heard our zipper slowly unzip, and then the door blew it open a bit. My friend got up to zip it back up, and she could have sworn that she then saw a hand or something. My mom told us to hang tight, because it would still be a few hours until she could get someone to get us. Now, we weren't at a campsite, or really anywhere that people would be able to hear us to call for help so we decided to stay quiet and wait out the night. We had heard a branch just outside of our tent then snap and some leaves rustling, and we began to panic. After a few hours of waiting, my mom arrived along with some cops, and she helped us pack up so we could finally leave. The cops went to search the woods, and a few hours later, they called us and told us that they had found a schizophrenic man who had been armed with a knife out in the woods. Yeah, we haven't been camping since. The story happened when I was at least 7 to 11 years old, back around the time where I was still quite scared of the dark. I don't really know if it'll be considered scary to you, but for reasons that'll soon be explained, it was pretty scary to me. I was sent to a summer camp for about three weeks, which I was really excited about at the time. I don't remember the name of the camp, as it was really so long ago, but I do remember that my hope was slightly diminished when I was told that I was signed up for their adventure camp. This meant for my first two weeks that I'd be away from camp and do one week of hiking and one week of canoeing before spending the last week at the camp itself. I had never had to do something like this before, so suddenly being told that I had to pick and pack a week's worth of clothes and head off to the first camping spot the same day was a bit of a shock. So once I had my clothes, I went to the first campsite with five of the girls and two counselors, a man and a woman. Nothing really happened the first two days. I'd got along well with the other girls that were there, for the most part. 
but the real creepy stuff started when we stayed at an open shack for the night. I can still remember what it looks like. If you picture a small cabin but cut in half on a high platform, then that's about right. And apparently, it had been around since the 80s, if I'm remembering correctly. When we arrived to it, another group was just leaving. They told us that the shack was fine and that there was also a river not too far away from us. So with that, the male counselor set up his tent while the lady slept in the shack. I was one of the first to quickly hop into my sleeping bag and it completely zipped myself up. I distinctly remember that I was laying vertically and then someone grabbed my foot. I hadn't settled into sleep yet, so I moved, thinking maybe someone was trying to get by me. Then my foot was grabbed again, so I moved again. On the third time my foot was grabbed, I got a bit irritated, and I opened my sleeping bag and then screamed. What? But all the other girls who had also been in their sleeping bags, but up and talking, were irritated at me. I was trying to process how I had shifted from laying vertical to laying horizontal. Now, I hadn't moved enough to put myself in that position, yet I somehow ended up that way. And no one carried me because I would have felt my sleeping bag being picked up. I started freaking out and asking how it happened, but I was ignored. So I just fixed myself and prayed, because now I was scared. But it didn't end there. The very next morning, two of the girls asked if anyone heard some strange growling sounds. Apparently they stayed up talking and heard really strange noises but said when they zipped up their sleeping bags, as did I, the noises stopped, yet started up again when peeking their heads out. So they resigned themselves to sleeping completely zipped all night. The thing is, no one else heard these noises, and some of the girls were really light sleepers, so it was kind of odd. After getting some water, I checked my bag for a blue-green tennis outfit that I really loved wearing but it was gone. I knew that I had packed it, and yet it was gone. When I had asked all the other girls if I could check their bags, they all refused me, but I was starting to panic because I really liked that outfit. Today I'm convinced that one of them may have taken it, but back then, the sudden disappearance of that particular outfit had me thinking otherwise. On that same day, We then moved on and set up camp elsewhere. The male counselor decided we should hike the trail we were by, so we did. But one of the girls has an asthma flare, and even after several puffs from her inhaler, she still couldn't breathe. Another girl suddenly twisted her ankle, and another complained of stomach pain. So they were taken back to the campsite by the female counselor, when the other two girls, the male counselor and I, continued on. All I got out of that was a beautiful cliffside view of the forest, and I ended up ruining my sneakers from stepping into a deep mud patch. By the time we got back to the campsite, the girls seemed fine. Once the hiking week was over, we went back to the main camp to get a new set of clothes for the canoeing week. I did use this time to check to make sure I'd taken my tennis outfit for the previous week. Turns out I had, because it wasn't in my suitcase when I dug around. Nothing else eventful happened during my time canoeing or while at the main camp. 
but I'm convinced that shack was haunted somehow because too much happened to seem like a coincidence. Maybe it was, and maybe it wasn't, but I do hope that shack is torn down by now. My story is quite short, but weird and creepy in a way. Anyway, here's the background bit. Me and my dad, and also our two huskies, love to make trips to Lapland. We live in Finland. Usually we took these trips when it was super snowy and Christmassy. My dad had also rented a cabin for a week when we went on these trips. From the cabin we took a hike, skiing, etc., trips around our rented cabin and it was a lot of fun anyway we took a one day hike through a snowy walking trail it was super cold but super fun as well at the end of the trail I had got an energy boost at the thought of some pizza my dad had promised to buy us some pizza after the hike I ran through the trail while my dad and two huskies were a bit far behind here's where it starts to get weird I stopped because of some guy in a black suit was standing in the middle of the trail. He started to talk, but I interrupted him. I called for my dad, who was walking a bit far behind me, and I said, Uh, Dad? There's some dude here asking something. My dad and our huskies fastly got to me and this strange guy. The strange guy started to ask questions in broken English, like where he can find a town, etc., Honestly, I don't remember well about all these questions. I was a pretty young kid. I just remember saying to the guy in English, Well, you aren't going to find a town here. This is a hiking trail. Or something like that. My dad also isn't good at speaking English, but he pretty much said the same thing. We quickly left after that because it was just kind of sketchy to us. The reason it was so sketchy to us is because this dude was in a suit right in the middle of the trail in the middle of nowhere, obviously not going hiking. He didn't even have anything on him. It was also dark at around 8pm in the winter. And the weirdest thing yet, at the end of the trail, there was a suspension bridge that you have to cross to get to the parking spaces. So obviously this dude had to cross it. I don't know. It all just seems so weird to me. Like, why would he come to a secluded forest area in the dark? Why would he cross the suspension bridge in this suit? And why would he ask help from a little kid? There's just too many weird things that happen there that really makes my skin crawl. I still kind of want to know why he was there, but also not. It's just too weird. I feel like he was maybe there on purpose. You have to drive there a pretty long way from town to get there and go through a forested area. I don't know. All in all, it was just a really weird and creepy experience. In the early 2000s, I worked as a canoe guide. The company that I worked at catered to the Boy Scouts of America. We would take people canoeing from four and a half days on the water to about eight and a half days. We had three camps. One in Ellie, Minnesota. One 50 miles north of there in Ontario, Canada. And one in Bissett, northern Manitoba. During my summers there, I had the best summers of my life. 
but I also had some very scary moments. I'm going to be sharing three of my most scary stories with you. The first, the least scary, yet concerning and disturbing. It was my second summer that I worked at that camp. I had a coworker named Robert Wright. Although I had never really got close to him as a friend, I thought he was alright. We were both in our early 20s from the same city. About 20 years later, he was arrested and charged for the 1998 broad daylight murder of Renee Sweeney, who was a young girl in my hometown. I worked an entire summer with a man who allegedly shot and killed a woman in her workplace. This is the same man who was taking 13 to 17 year olds camping in the middle of nowhere. This is my second story. I had a group from Louisiana, and they were really awesome. One day we had to do a portage, carry our canoes and equipment from one lake to the next. We were going to a lake called the Half Moon Lake. The trail was nice because it doubled as a snowmobiling trail in the winter. The thing was, at the end of this portage, the trail was a swamp. It's okay in the winter, as it was frozen, but in the summer, it was about 60 feet of moss before it got to the water. There was a trail that went around it, but made the portage longer. I had one scout leader in my group. He was probably around 6'4", and heavy build. He was also a firefighter. He picked up the 17-foot canoe that weighs around 80 pounds and did the trail, and he was right in front of me. Well, in the blink of an eye, the canoe dropped to the ground, and he was gone. The moss was about a foot and a half thick, felt solid to walk on, but he had so much weight that he broke through the moss and fell right in. I was thanking my lucky stars that he was really strong, and he was still wearing his life jacket. He was strong enough to hold onto the canoe and not let go when we got him out. The hole disappeared, and was almost impossible to see it. It was kind of like a trap door. The moss would eventually flow back into position. The scout leader didn't fill the bottom, so it had to be over nine feet deep at least. If he would have lost grip of the canoe, the piece of the moss would have floated back into the position and then covered the hole. And there's no guarantee that he would have floated right back exactly where the hole was. He would have been trapped under a good solid 18 inches of moss and he would have had to swim roughly 30 feet to reach the edge of the water. Had that happened, he would have certainly drowned. My last story. One of the summers at that camp, we had a huge storm system that came in. It extended from Ely, Minnesota, all the way to Ontario, Canada. We had a series of microbursts, tornadoes, and hail. The camp in Ellie, Minnesota had winds so fierce that it snapped white and red pines that was over five feet in diameter like twigs. Me being in the smack middle of the system near Atacokan and on the trail, I had a group where we crossed a lake called White Otter to a portage called Ann Bay Portage. The trail was a mile long. The lake itself was known for having large waves as it's long, narrow, and deep. Some parts are around 400 feet deep. Perfect for lake trout. Anyway, we were halfway across the lake and we saw a massive dark wall heading towards us. 
before I knew it, the person in front of my canoe was getting soaked. I was still basking in the sun. The waves doubled in size to about three foot white caps. Thirty seconds later, I was in the rain while my partner was in the sun again. The waves died down and we had a good six inches of water in the canoe. I checked on the rest of the group. They were wet and scared, but otherwise fine. We then did our long mile hike with our gear and heavy ass canoes to the next lake. The group was exhausted and we still had like four or five miles to the intended campsite. As we put our gear back on and started to paddle, the wind picked up hard again and came out of the east, so we had headwind. The waves were huge. My case was already heavily loaded, and I had one kid sitting it in the middle of the canoe. Although I knew I could handle the conditions, I wasn't so sure of the other four canoes. If they tipped, I wouldn't have been able to help them, so I told the kid in front to paddle hard and went straight to an island with a small bay. The others were way behind and struggling, but it provided shelter from the winds. I emptied the canoe and made the kid that was paddling in the front get out and made the kid sitting in the middle take his place. I positioned the canoe so that I could see everyone. If a canoe capsized, I had backwind and I would have been able to reach them in minutes. Fortunately, however, they all made it. The scout leaders were upset though because I left them behind. When the waves finally calmed down, we went to a nearby campsite that was close but rarely used. We set up camp and started to get supper ready. This is when things got scary. It had started to hail the size of maybe a quarter inch in diameter, and I looked at the lake. There was a tornado or water spout. We jumped in our tents to cover from the hail. The winds got so hard that my four foot high tent was reaching my head, and I could also feel the hail hitting me on the head, and I was laying flat on the ground. It lasted like five minutes before the sun came back out. When I got out of the tent, my supper bowl was still next to my tent, completely filled with ice and fog on top of it. Then I heard a noise. There was a small bass that was about 10 feet on the shore just thrashing around. One of the scouts picked it up and threw it back in the water. Then we turned around and looked at the tents. One tree that was at least three feet in diameter actually fell and got stuck in between two other trees. Well, the trunk was about two inches over my tent, and the tree was perfectly aligned to have crushed two other tents. If that tree would have fell, it would have crushed and probably killed all of us. Pretty terrifying stuff.